You're listening to the Bar Business Podcast, where every week, your host, Chris Schneider, brings you information, strategies, and news on the bar industry, giving you the competitive edge you need to start working on your bar rather than in your bar. Today, we're going to talk about one of the things that seems to be one of the biggest issues in the bar industry, and that is attracting and retaining the right talent putting together the right team. And if you really think about it, if you go for a drive anywhere in America and frankly go for a walk or drive most places in the world right now, whether you're in a small town or a big city, the one thing that you will see almost everywhere is a bunch of help wanted signs. So we have a very competitive job market. And in a competitive job market, you really have to focus on what it takes to attract and retain the right people. Really, when we think about this, right, the bar business is all about hospitality. Hospitality is providing customer service. Customers have to return, especially in bars, at least a few times a month. Ideally, in the bar business, we're getting regulars that are coming in multiple times a week. And when we get those folks that come in multiple times a week, the only way to keep them coming back time after time after time, week after week, year after year, is to give them a great experience. And your team is the people responsible for providing that experience to your guests. So you must have the right team to build the right guest experience. The number one way, and this is going to go throughout, this is not one of our top 10 ways to attract and retain talent, but the number one thought we should have as we're looking at every way that we attract and retain talent is that the best way to have more employees coming in, the best way to retain great talent and to attract great talent is to have a happy, energetic team. Make your people happy first. And as we go through this, we'll dive into some ways to make your folks happy. But the bottom line here is, unless you have employees that are happy, unless you have employees that look like they're having fun at work, you're not going to be able to attract the other talent that you need. The first thing you can do to attract and retain the right talent and have the best team possible is to be a leader. And this really goes to the mindset part of our mindset concept culture framework. If you don't have the right mindset as leadership, nothing else works. And the right mindset when it comes to getting the right employees in place is to be a leader, to have a leadership goal where you're not the boss, you're not coming in and control, you're not telling people what to do all the time. But you're leading them to help them make the right choices to help you. Something we see a lot in the bar business and and really in hospitality as a whole, but in this case, I think the bar business is one of the worst about this, is the old school idea that we're going to break you down and then build you back up and all of that. You really don't have to do that anymore. And frankly, if you do that, if you try to break your employees, if you try to not give them opportunities that they're looking for if you try to not involve them in decision-making and things like that. You're going to find that you have issues retaining employees. And you'll especially have issues retaining employees that are millennials, that are Gen Z. Because those guys want to collaborate. They want a leader, not a boss. They want someone that guides them on what to do, that helps them develop, not someone that tells them what to do and yells at them. And the biggest thing here, the thing that we see the most in bars in particular, and and it blows my mind how often this actually happens out there in the real world, is 
bar owners, bar managers that are hypocrites. So you cannot sit there and tell your team, no, you can't drink at work and then get shit faced sitting at the bar yourself. That just makes you a hypocrite. Hypocrites are assholes and people don't want to work for hypocrites. So what you really have to do, and I've said this before and I will say this again and again and again. As a leader, you have to follow all the rules that your team follows and you have to lead by example. You have to actually provide them with an environment that fosters their growth, their thoughts, their ideas, and allows them to contribute to the overall success of the organization. Not only will that help you attract talent, not only will that help you retain talent, it'll make you more money in the long run. The second thing you need to do as an owner to attract and retain the best talent is to be a professional. And I think in many industries, the idea that you need to be a professional is just kind of a given. But when you really think about the bar business in particular, and really the hospitality as a whole, we're not an industry known for being professional. We're an industry known for owners that sexually harass their staff. We're an industry known for owners that drink. We're an industry known for owners that are jackasses and hypocrites and fire people randomly. We're an industry known as someone that steals people's tips. And a lot of that may or may not be true anymore. We can have a whole conversation about how the industry has changed from, say, the 80s, 70s, 90s to today and how the sexual harassment and, and some of the terrible conditions don't exist to the extent that they used to. But for us to sit here and pretend that we're in an industry that has any sort of reputation for professionalism is false. The bar industry absolutely has a bad reputation when it comes to how it treats its employees. So the second you start to do any of those things people associate with the bad reputation of the bar industry, you lose employees. You lose the ability to attract good employees. So you absolutely must be professional, period. And I think the biggest thing here and, and the biggest issue that really comes across in the bar industry is sexual harassment. And it's really sad. It, you know, we shouldn't have to have that conversation that you cannot sexually harass your staff. We definitely should not have to have the conversation that if someone is employed under you, whether you're an owner or a manager, a chef, whatever, you shouldn't sleep with them. Like that should be obvious to everybody that's ever had a job in the real world. But unfortunately, we're in an industry where these things are kind of, they just happen. And we can't allow that to happen if we want to attract and retain the best talent. We cannot allow people to feel like they're in an unprofessional industry and then try to promote them to excellence. We have to turn our bar into a professional bar. Even if you're some small town, neighborhood, blue collar bar, you can be professional. If you don't have a reputation for being professional, if you don't have a reputation for supporting your staff and providing a good environment, you will never, ever attract top talent. The third thing you can do to attract and retain the best possible team is to attract other people in the hospitality industry as a key customer base. Most of us that are in the bar business, our bar is around other bars and restaurants. And the thing is, most restaurants close before bars close. I think we all know that. Most people that work in restaurants go out to bars to drink after they get off work. 
So if we can attract industry people, people that are already in hospitality, to come to our bar and be good customers of ours, then show them what a great place we have. Show them how cool what we're doing is. Show them how much we respect and take care of our staff. They'll want to work for us. When I had my bars, I always had a stack of applications from people that were regulars that worked in other establishments that wanted to come work for me because they always saw that my staff had a great time, they had made great money, and that they had an overall great work environment. And so when you can show people that and attract industry already to your bar as a key customer base, you create a stack of applications sitting on your desk that will help you find the next person. Now, always be careful because you know, as well as I do, some of those industry people coming in, they're getting drunk. They're having some fun. So make sure that you're not picking the fun people necessarily that are applying, but you will find out who the good folks are. You will know who wants to work for you. And if you can create an environment that your staff has fun and other people in the industry see that, they will want to come work for you. The fourth thing you can do to attract and retain the best team is to market your team. And so when we're talking about marketing your team, what I really mean is show off your team on social media. When you hire, or rather when you go to hire people, tell stories of those who work for you now. You really need to promote your current team and what they're doing and who they are to the world in order to attract and retain new people. One of the best ways to recruit, and it doesn't matter what industry we're in, right? Well, we could be talking accounting. We can be talking tech. We could be talking Fortune 500. We could be talking micro small businesses. You have to show that people that work for you have fun to get other people to want to work for you. So in your marketing, when you're sending out countless pictures of food, or pictures of guests having fun, also send out pictures and videos of your team having fun. It'll work in both ways. You, if you show your team having fun, you're able to draw in more customers. Your customers will enjoy that your team enjoys their work. But at the same time, that attracts other employees. Other people that work in hospitality will see what a great time your team is having. And they'll go, oh my God, I want to work there. So make sure when you are marketing, you are also marketing your team. The fifth thing you can do to attract and retain the best team is to hire personality and attitude and not skills. Now, most of us, when we're going to hire, we're always focused on who has the best experience, who's been in the industry the longest. And yes, experience matters. It always helps when you can hire someone as a bartender that already knows how to count a liquor pour. But you have to remember that with experience, comes the possibility of bad habits, comes the possibility of being ingrained in them ideas and habits and activities that you don't necessarily want them to do at your establishment. So when you hire somebody with a lot of experience, it can be easier on the training side. It can be harder on the culture side. And as you think to the framework that I always talk about when it comes to running bars and restaurants, mindset, concept, and culture, that third piece, culture, is really dependent upon attitude and personality and not on skills. Concept requires skills, but you need concept and culture, so you need both the attitude and personality and the skills. The thing is, 
that you can hire someone with a bunch of skills and try to change their personality, or you can hire somebody with the right personality and try to train the skills. And I will tell you right now, trying to train personality is a losing battle. I think we've all been involved in relationships in our lives where we've said, well, this person is great, but I just wish I could change X, Y, and Z. I don't know about you guys, but every time I've ever thought that, the relationship's over. Not that much longer down the road. Because you can't change people's personality. You cannot change people's attitude. But what you can do is teach people skills. So always think about that when you're hiring. You need someone that's going to fit your culture, that doesn't have bad habits, that really can help you build what you're trying to build because you can always teach the skills. Now, we will talk later down the road about what it takes to teach skills. And obviously, you're going to need some robust training programs if you're hiring people that are not hospitality people to work behind your bar or to serve drinks or to work in your kitchen because you have a lot of skills you have to teach. So training is hugely important when you're hiring personality, not skills, but also when you're training someone who has never done things before, you get to teach them the exact way you want them to do it. They will never say, well, we used to do it this way at this place and this way at this place. Why do you want me to do it a different way? No, they have no clue. So it actually gives you a better starting point a lot of times when you're training someone totally new because they do not have any preconceived notions about what their job actually is. They want to learn. They are eager. And you can mold that person in the best possible employee that they can be for you and your establishment. So the sixth thing we have to do to attract and retain the best talent is to pay a fair wage. And I think in hospitality, we get beat up all the time for what we pay people. And part of that is a misunderstanding of the way tips work by the general public. Let's be real honest there. But also part of it is that we don't pay people shit. And there is a real difference in cost of living across the country. So there's a real difference in what a fair wage is across the country. Because paying somebody five bucks an hour in southern Indiana, where I am, is going to be a lot more reasonable than paying somebody five bucks an hour in southern California. Southern California, I don't even think you can pay five bucks an hour to a tipped employee. I have no clue, to be real honest. But in southern Indiana, that would be a good, better pay than most people are paying. Because most are paying federal minimum wage at $2.13 an hour. But the thing is that overall, if you pay people a McDonald's wage, you get McDonald's employees. If you pay people a fine dining wage, you get fine dining employees. Now, again, not all of that has to come out of your pocket. Some of that is how you set up your staff to make tips. Some of that is how you set up your bartenders and, and the way you do tip outs and all sorts of things play into that fair wage. But think about the kitchen for a second. If you have a kitchen, those guys in your kitchen, they're not getting tips usually. Maybe you have a tip share thing. Maybe they get tipped out. That would be awesome and really can help to build some team camaraderie. But the kitchen guys don't normally get tipped. And so if you pay people 12 bucks an hour to work in your kitchen, which for a lot of the country is about what people are getting paid, and McDonald's is paying 12 bucks an hour, and then why you, you wonder why that employee can barely do anything beyond flip a burger, well, that's because you're paying McDonald's much. If everybody else is paying 12 bucks an hour, I would say pay 15, pay 16, maybe pay 17 or 18. 
In the front of house, if everyone's, if you're in a state like Indiana where it is the federal tip minimum wage at 213 and a lot of people are paying 213, pay them four bucks, five bucks, six bucks, seven bucks an hour. Because here's the thing. At the end of the day, if you have the right employees and you treat them well, will you have to pay them more? Yes, but they will drive more sales for you. To an extent, it's a symbiotic relationship. The more money you give them, the more money they can help bring in for you. And you say, well, a kitchen guy isn't going to bring me in money. Well, no, wrong. A guy that's in the kitchen that actually has passion, that cares, that is putting out top quality food, that is making sure everything is dated and labeled and food safety is followed. That guy is going to protect your customer's health and put out a better product, which in turn will make sure you get more customers. So always think there is, of course, a top limit on what you want to pay. You don't want to give away all your money to your employees. You're not in business not to make money. But you have to give your employees a fair wage. You have to pay them a little bit more than what everybody else is doing. You have to give them a little bit more benefits, a little bit better place to work. That will help attract and retain the top quality talent because you now have a special, unique pay experience, unique benefits. And in turn, they'll do better for you, which will bring in more sales. So always, always, always make sure that you are over average in the market so that you can provide over average benefits. You can get over average employees and then have an over average customer service. Because if you're trying to skimp on employee pay, you will be average or below average depending on how you're paying. That is just how math works. The seventh thing that you can do to attract and retain a top quality team is to create a culture of learning. If you remember a few seconds ago, I was talking about higher attitude and not skills. I said, well, you got to train these people. How you train people is through a culture of learning, not a culture of here is a employee manual, read this and do it. Not a culture of I'm going to talk to you for five minutes once a month about X, Y, and Z, and then you're just going to know that all month. No, not a training culture, not a I'm talking to you at you culture. A culture that actually promotes learning, a culture that actually challenges people day in and day out to increase their skills and increase their abilities. Because when your team increases their skills and increases their abilities, everyone wins. You win as an owner because they are more efficient. They work better. They know more. They are more able to take care of their guests. Your guests win because they get better service. When they ask your server a question about a beer, your server now knows a bunch about beer. Not just that specific beer, but beer in general. Can talk to you about all different IPAs, let's say, that are on your menu. That if you don't train your team and you don't develop your team, your team doesn't benefit. And you say, why would I want to train my team? Why would I want to help them learn all these things? They're just going to take this information and go somewhere else. Well, that's a, frankly, a bullshit excuse for not training people. Because if you're worried about training your team and putting the time and effort into your team and they're just going to go somewhere else, then you're abusing them somewhere else. You're not taking care of your team properly. Because if you train people and you give them the ability to learn, they will stick around. But now let's dive in for a second on exactly how to make this culture of learning. Bottom line here is 
You need to talk to people every day. You need to train every day. You need to have training goals every week. You need to constantly, and I mean really constantly, reinforce things you've already covered. So if I came to you and I said, I'm going to teach you about beer, and I gave you a a 45-minute lecture on beer, you may remember a little bit of that down the road. But what you really need to do is follow two key things with your learning plan. As far as like the academic knowledge and things like that, you need to do tastings. You need to do something tactile. You know, if you're talking about vodka, drink vodka. Now, don't get your employees drunk, but everybody can have a little sip. And that allows you to really solidify that in your head. You have to have a physical part to it. And you really always should follow a pattern of tell, show, do, and review. So to break that down, tell, you just essentially explain the thing verbally, whatever you're training. If it's about vodka, you talk about potato vodka versus wheat vodka. You can go into the chemistry of vodka. How deep you go in will largely depend upon what kind of establishment you are and what you're training. But you tell them about it. Then you have show. that This is that tactile component. And I cannot emphasize enough. The tactile component is key to learning for almost everyone that exists. You'll hear a lot of things about this person has this learning style and that person has that learning style. And while that is true to an extent, it's actually a little bit older set of research. And what is more true is that all of us require tactile learning. All of us require auditory learning. All of us require visual learning. Some of us absorb information better in one way than the other. But when you're training a group, you have to make sure you're doing everything. So we have to tell them what we're doing. We have to show them how to do it. So if it's a process, we show them the process, right? This is how you make a martini, step by step. If it's talking about product knowledge again, like vodka, here, taste this vodka. Now we've shown you what flavors we're expecting you to pick up in this vodka. Do is forcing them to do that activity. So again, making a martini, you showed them step by step how to do it. Now they have to build it step by step and get it right. If it's about tasting vodka, they taste that vodka and they're picking out peppery notes or or whatever it is that you've been talking about with that specific vodka. They're picking it up on their palate and spitting that back out to you. And one thing here that we always have to keep in mind, when we're talking about doing it, don't do it once. Don't do it twice. You know, you cannot just train until you get something right. You need to train until you cannot get something wrong. Because if you really think about it, I can make that martini over and over and over again. And say I try it four times and on the fourth time I get it right. Well, do you think on the fifth time I'm going to get it right? Do you think, hell, I do the training, I work my shift, I get it right that night, I have three days off, I come back in, am I going to get that martini right? Well, hell no. So you can't train until people get it right. You have to train until they can't get it wrong. And after you go through the show part of training and the do part of training, you must review. You have to review. And that's not just in the moment. If we're, say, have a cocktail list that is seasonal and we train at the beginning of the quarter about that cocktail list, we should train every the start of every month on that quarter back to that cocktail list. We should say, okay, can you still make all these drinks? 
Review is not review once. It is constant review to ensure that there is no slippage in skill level. Think about anyone that does something that is very um, physical or, or, or very intense activity. Um, things that come to mind in my idea are like athletes, the military, right? If, if you are a basketball player, you don't shoot free throws when you're in high school and then never do it again. No, you're a professional basketball player. You may stand there and shoot free throws for hours. And the reason why you do that is because you have to continually review those skills. You have to constantly make sure you're up on your skills. So if you don't have a constant review cycle, if you are not continuing to train on what you already have trained, people will lose that knowledge. And if your team loses that knowledge, then you have to start from scratch again. So always make sure when it comes to training that you have created a culture of learning where you are constantly training and then always make sure that you are telling them, showing them, doing it with them and reviewing it with them in constant loops so that your training sticks and you don't get things right. Well, you do get things right, but you're not training to get things right. You're training until you cannot get things wrong. Eight thing you need to do to attract and retain a top quality team is to focus on continuous improvement in your bar based on your team's experience. And so we'll talk a lot about continuous improvement as we go through this. Continuous improvement is a concept near and dear to my heart. And continuous improvement is the idea that we're always trying to improve a little bit every day. If you make a 1% improvement every day, that adds up a lot. I mean, think about that. If you could every week even make a quarter percent difference to your bottom line, a quarter of a percent, over the course of a month, that's 1%. If you could make 12 months of 1% improvements, that's 12%. Now, that's actually quite a lofty goal. To say, I want to improve my bottom line 12% a year, but it's not a lofty goal to say, I want to improve a quarter percent. And so when you do that, continuous improvement has to start by the people doing the work. And this is why it helps you attract and retain the team, because your team doesn't really care if you increase your bottom line a quarter percent. They're happy if they get a raise, but they really don't care about your line, bottom line in a quarter percent. But what they do care about is having input on how things are done. What they do care about is having a voice and a say and having problems that they have removed out of their way. And that will make you more money. That quarter percent on the bottom line comes from going to the staff and saying, okay, what makes your job harder? And maybe they say, well, the refills for the ketchup are all the way in the storage in the back of the kitchen. We need to move them out into the server stations because we have to walk back there every time we need to refill a ketchup and it takes us five minutes and it takes us off the floor. Great. We're wasting money by having them walk. They're annoyed by having to walk. Let's pull that forward. Let's solve that problem for them. Now we make more money because we've their job is more efficient. They are happier because they've gotten some input and they've 
actually seeing change based upon what causes them problems, and you make more money. So always make sure that you are focusing on improving a little bit every day, and you realize that the experts in how your bar runs, the experts that will help guide you to be more efficient, the experts that will help guide you on what you actually need to do and the problems and blockers that exist in the way of your success, of your staff being better and more efficient, the experts there are your staff. The guy working your line knows the problems with your line. The person behind your bar knows the problems behind your bar. The cocktail server knows the problems on the floor. And if you think you know everything about all of those positions and you know all the problems they face, you need to have a smaller ego because you don't. You need to actually go talk to these folks. You need to actually work with them and you need to actually solve the problems they have. Because not only will it make them more efficient, it will make them more loyal and it will increase your retention when your team feels like their issues are your issues and you go out of your way to solve their issues. The ninth thing you can do to attract and retain the best talent is to have regular one-on-one meetings with your team. And this is a concept that's actually quite foreign to the hospitality industry. This is a concept that I will be really honest comes from Silicon Valley and tech culture for the most part. But a lot of times in hospitality, we want to look at things that are corporate and say, oh my God, why would I ever do this? This one, this idea actually works in hospitality and is actually an amazingly useful thing to do. So when I say have regular one-on-ones with your team, let's start here by talking about what is a one-on-one. A one-on-one is a meeting between management and Someone below them, they might be one of their people directly below them. So as the owner, maybe you're talking to your kitchen manager, or it may skip down a level and say, as the owner, you're talking to your line cook. And so every bar and restaurant, you're going to have slightly different staffing. You're going to have a slightly different makeup of how your chain of command, how your organizational structure works. So maybe you have a kitchen manager, maybe you don't. And if you have a larger team, you should probably focus your one-on-one time with the people directly below you, and then they should have one-on-ones with the people directly below them. But if you're a smaller team, you know, if you only have 20 people that work in your bar or less, because a lot of bars have less than 20 people that work there, you should be doing this with each person on your team. One-on-one should happen every month. And really, when we talk about one-on-ones, the whole goal of a one-on-one is for you to sit with your employee and to say, Hey, how's it going? To actually set aside a half hour to have a conversation with them that is about them. That is about what they think needs to go on at work. What issues they're facing that's making their job harder. Maybe it's all work focused. Maybe it's about interpersonal issues they have with other people and staff. Maybe some of it's personal, but it's really a time to allow your team member to to talk to you about what they want in an open forum for a half hour or so once a month. And then you can understand them better. You can build a better personal connection with them, which that personal connection is very important when it comes to maintaining a culture and maintaining the, those employees and not having turnover. But also it allows you to understand what problems they're having, 
what issues they're having, and it gives them a wonderful, nice forum where they're not coming to you to say, hey, I have these problems I need to talk about, which can be intimidating for some employees. And they're not saying things in a group setting, which can also be intimidating because maybe they have a personal problem with another server, let's say, and they don't want to talk about it at a staff meeting. Hey, this guy's kind of a dick to me. So in that one-on-one setting, that gives them the ability to do it. And I know this is going to seem to a lot of people like uh, extra work, like something that is just a waste of time to sit down and talk to your employees. But let me tell you this, it is one of the most powerful tools you have to build a great team, to retain that team, to find ways to optimize your business, to find things that are actually troubling your staff and problems that they have that you can fix. This is about the best tool there is. And again, it's a half hour per employee per month. It should not be that big of a deal. If you have less than 20 employees, do it with all of them. If you have a much larger establishment or multi-units, enforce it at every level in your org structure. But regular one-on-ones with your team are crucial to attracting and retaining people. They're also crucial to your customer service. They're also crucial to your bottom line. It is one of the most powerful things you can do to increase your team's understanding of what you do and to increase your understanding of your team. So finally, the 10th thing you can do to attract and retain the right team is to be present. And when I say be present, I mean be present in your business. You don't have to be there every day. Maybe you're a part-time owner. Maybe you have managers. But when you are there, be present. And when I say be present, I don't just mean be in the building. If you're in the middle of a rush and you're sitting down having a beer with your buddy, you're wrong. You should be up helping your staff do things. Go bus tables, seat people, run drinks, run food. Do what you can to grease the wheels for them when they are in the weeds and when they are busy. If you constantly set an example for your team and you constantly help them when they need help, you will be more successful. Your team will see that effort and they will respect you more. Especially if you've done, as we talked earlier, attracted industry folks as a key customer base, they will see that work and want to work for you. But the bottom line is, if you are busy and you are in your bar restaurant, you need to be focused on helping your staff do what they need to do. You need to grease the wheels so that they can be the most efficient, productive people they can be and that will help you retain people like you do not believe. Too often, and I think we have all are aware of this, there's a manager, the stuff's going to hell, and they're sitting in the office Googling something or another, or they're doing paperwork. Do your paperwork when, you're, when the restaurant's not busy. When it is busy, help your staff. Be present on the floor. Set an example. Again, this really goes back to the, where we started. Lead and don't just be a boss. Be a leader. Lead by example. Lead from the floor. So to kind of summarize everything we've talked about today, there are some really important things you need to do to make sure you're attracting and retaining the best. And the 10 things we laid out are really impactful and can really help. Some of these are going to be real easy. Some of these will take time and effort. But the team you build is the bar you build. Think about that for a second. The team you build is the bar you build. All you have when it comes to customers is your team. 
You have people manufacturing the product, whether that's your bartender making a drink, whether that's your kitchen making food. You have people selling that product and delivering it to the customer. That's your servers, your cocktail servers, your waitresses, your bartender, right? They're actually delivering and selling that food or drinks. So if you don't have the right team, if they are not working as best as they can for you, if you are not motivating them, if you are not taking care of them, if you are not developing them into the best employees, the best talent they can be with the best skills, you're not providing the best experience possible for your guests and you won't make as much money. You must absolutely focus on your guest experience by focusing on your team experience. If your employees are happy, your guests will be happy. Happy guests spend more money and happy team members stay. They don't leave and they help attract new, good, amazing team members to your staff. Always focus on your employee experience and everything else in many ways will take care of itself. Thanks for listening to the Bar Business Podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Check out our website at barbusinesspodcast.com and join our Bar Business Nation Facebook group for more strategies and tips.